minus three with Dave Damashek. All right. Basketball in the rear view mirror. Baseball and the Olympics ready to roll here. Football is nigh. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3 presented by FanDuel, part of the Extra Points Network. Hope the week treated you well. We know it treated the good people of Milwaukee, Wisconsin well. Muzzle tub to Giannis on down there. Kevin Hench is ready to roll here. Let's chop up a little basketball. We got Red Sox and Yankees. That should uh, provide some good content for you. As Kevin Hench, the Red Sox backer, and Eddie Spaghetti, the Yanks lover, are prepared to go head-to-head once again. Um, Hench, what's the poop, fella? Oh, I'm still – it was weird as a neutral, and I – you know, I guess I wasn't that neutral because I did bet on the Bucks for the series, which makes you not neutral right quick. Mm-hmm. But um, I was surprised at how, it was like I was rooting for the Celtics. I, I got I was so taken with the Giannis storyline, uh, and and really, look, I know Drew Holiday and Middleton, uh, it came, you know, like every other game or every third game would kick in. But Giannis was carrying so much fucking dreck to the promised land. I I felt like I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, Drew puts up another four for 19. He barely drew iron. Uh, Anyway, so. so, I know. Listen, but let, let me just say this. But and we Giannis, talked about it on an extra point. We had this recency, recency bias thing. But as I was watching it, I was like, if they win this game, this is the single greatest performance in a closeout of all time. I mean, you're not being a prisoner to the moment. Go ahead and look it up. I don't think statistically you'll find any challengers to that one. Yeah, listen, we talked about it on an extra point earlier this week, me and Cousin Sal, and he raises a good question, and you kind of touch on it there too. Does this do away with every team being consumed with getting their version of a big three? Because Giannis kind of blows that up, except the asterisk next to that, and I don't want to be cynical, and I think the 2021 Milwaukee Bucks have provided their faithful a moment that will keep them warm in the cold months, years, decades that probably lay ahead for them, but that should be fine. Do not be a Red Sox fan. I'm sorry, Hench. I don't mean to beat you up a little bit, but you remember your friend uh, Simmons? He wrote a whole book about, like, now I can die in peace, and everybody loved it. And, like, that's the right sentiment just once. My old man who, you know, uh, born in, in Boston and, uh, you know, matriculated up there and everything else still wears his Red Sox colors on his sleeve, even though he lives on the banks of the Three Rivers for the last 40 years. He loves the Red Sox. All I want to see is just once. I just want to see once. And then... The next season, you guys were belly aching about it. Like, oh, these Red Sox. I don't know about all you wanted was one. So you got it. Now don't cry about it. Milwaukee fans need to take a lesson from Red Sox fans and not be like that. You don't get the complaint. Say Portland Trailblazers won it in 77 with Bill Walton. I feel like until very recently with the Dame Lillard stuff, people were kind of okay with that up in Portland, as they should be. Sometimes one is magical enough to keep you warm, like I say, for many lean years um, to come. Is it magical enough for the 15-year-olds? I don't yeah. like, it should. Just, well, that's where parenting up. comes in. That's where good parenting comes in and says, let's just appreciate this. Here, just yeah, to tomorrow's this not book. promised, Junior. Read this book by David Halberstam. It'll it'll take the place of actually winning championships. You can learn about Bill Walton and Maurice Lucas. 
Of course you should be wanting your team to win a championship. I know you should, but you might not get it. And so what, do you're always going to be unsatisfied, not satiated? You you reach the mountaintop, Bucks fans. It's been a long wait. Enjoy hey, this one. I'm not saying, but this hey, immediately that we have to roll over until like in the Bucks. You kind of blew like, by it. You let me went- just say this. The answer to that question without adding some pieces to the existing Bucks roster, the answer is, can they repeat? No, because the 2021 postseason, as we and everybody else have talked about for the last three months, have an asterisk on them because of all the injuries. Boy, Giannis, he carried a lot of dreck. Yeah, because the Sixers had injuries and the Nets had injuries. They wouldn't have been in the finals if it weren't for the injuries. So, um, yes, of course, I hate to be a cynic and I don't want to take away from your glorious moment, Bucks fans. But of, of course, that's the reality. The other thing I do want to say is before you uh, before you get going here, Hedge, is we have not had nearly enough analysis in the last 48, 72 hours of what in hell went on with Giannis making those free throws. Because that oh is God. that is beyond rational explanation. What 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 was he sandbagging you know it, for years you know and years? What was this? You know what it brought to mind randomly, but I'm like, I'm watching it happen, just, you know, banging down one after another. First of all, he took my advice and he sped up. I was I was on that. I was the first one on that when he was still missing. I was like, just huck it up there. Right. But you were. Remember this. I believe this stat is correct. Chamberlain scores 100 that night. He's 28 for 32 from the foul line. I believe that's accurate. So then you're like, wait a second. You can make free throws. Like, well, I don't understand. Like, you know, and we, we, you know, we were talking before we came on. It's like Giannis wasn't like banking them in. I mean, like these looked good. Like, it's like, which is it? Can you actually concentrate and make a free throw? Uh, by the end of the game, you were like, when he missed his his last or next to last one, you were like, what's up? He literally went from you expecting him to brick everyone to you expecting him to make everyone. That and was- I, get, I get the game doesn't flow the same if he isn't making that uh, that percentage of free throws. Basically, had only had the one miss for, for pretty much 47 minutes in that. Um, but... Just raw numbers, if he makes his normal percentage, they win that game by seven, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure of that because both Booker and Paul had a shot at getting it under the four and a half. Oh, uh, I know. The I Suns, and they both missed threes. I could have um, but if you but in 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 you know straight up win loss, if you if he misses eight fewer, which is about his percentage on the year, then literally we're looking forward to game seven now because it I mean, that's the difference in the game. It felt like a coronation coming down the, to the very end. But of course, if he, if Giannis does his standard, we're, we're it's a completely different conversation at this and point. And Connaughton misses the two free throws and Booker, if, if Booker goes one for seven from three point land, instead of over seven, we could have middled those bucks betters like me who hedged with the plus four and a half it could have been the all-time glorious Suns lose by four. You win that bet and the Bucks series bet. But but no, Booker took it all the way to the end. 0 for 7, Antoine Walker style. Um, hey, real quick, because you blew by it. Go ahead. Where did your where did your dad matriculate in Boston? Tufts Medical Tufts. School. Oh, excellent. So that's medical school. What about undergrad? 
Um, he went to Franklin and Marshall in Eastern Pennsylvania. Little okay. town, Lancaster, PA. I always like to see what, you know, generationally, um, where parents set the bar for their kids and how fall, far short kids fall. Because as I've gotten older, <laughs> well, you know, Indiana's a good school. Indiana's a good school. Mazel tov for them making people get vaccinated. I'm, I'm, I'm down with the Hoosier policy. Um, but uh, I, I spent a lot of my life like being like, you know, hey, dad, like you should have tried harder. And now I'm in that thing of like, this has been awesome. I cleared my dad early on. Like he set such a low bar, you know, I, what a blessing. What a blessing to, to not have to. I mean, ironically, like your dad, also called doctor, doctor mm. Hench. Oh, English PhD. Hey, listen, right, right, right. I don't care if it's for a PhD in literature. I'll honor him and call him doctor. What I'm not going to do is call you coach. And I'm, I, that is, that's one tick above calling somebody chef. That it makes it, I find it so repellent that I have a hard time watching those cooking shows when they're like, Chef, what do you like? What, what, what the hell? What what achievement is this? Like, what 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 background is there required to be called chef? I don't know. We go too far with the homages uh, of profession, and coach certainly fits under. I'm sorry, primetime, but the, that, those are my sincere feelings. Spaghetti, where'd your old man go to school? He attended uh, Wagner College on Staten Island, where he played football. All right. Oh. And you went, to, you went to BU? Oh, yeah. I'm far ahead of everyone in my family. Yeah, so that's that a nice trajectory. That's a nice trajectory. Yeah. I know. And I'm I, a real disappointment if uh, the the uh, upward mobility of the Damashek clan has uh, has taken a sharp turn south with, uh, with me. But, yeah, that's right. I also think, though, remember when we were growing up? I don't think this was as much your generation, Spaghetti, but a lot of movies and TV shows focused on, like, um, the, the joke, a recurring joke is, is like, oh, you're turning into your parents. In fact, Sarah Silverman has, uh, the, the banner joke, um, on that subject, but, um, where we're going to turn, I, I don't feel I've turned into my parents. I, do, do you, do you think that that was uh, a canard that we, that we grew up around there, Hench? I think I, I don't remember either of my parents, um, ever feeling like, Hey, it's Thursday night. I'm going to go out and get a couple belts. As, as just a, for instance, of, uh, of where my path has deviated from, from those who spawn me. Well, I, you know, I'm much different than my dad in a lot of ways, but I, I will tuck into the couch for six hours of sports on the West Coast around dinner time. Uh, we share, you know, we, I mean, he falls asleep, obviously, because he's on the East Coast. But um, the, there are these very, and I do, I got to say, I do enjoy the Geico. I think it's Geico. Or is it progressive? They, you're turning into your parents. That's a sign of a good ad. The best. I, I, that guy I, I is the best. I asked off, but I don't know what product you're selling. Um, it, it, you're turning into your parents. The the one thing that I had a lot of, I laughed at my dad, you know, because he just, he would get my name wrong, my brother's name wrong. He just would transpose everybody's name. Like he would never call anyone by their name. And then, uh, you know, I have two kids and two dogs and I'm like, I'm, the dogs are named Ollie and Louie, which are so close. And then I've got a Gigi. And then my daughter Sophie's best friend is Gidget. So I'll have a Gidget and a Gigi in the house. And then I'm like, this is when I'm like, oh my God, I'm oh for my last 11 saying someone's name. This is, this is where it ends up for all of us. 
I suppose that's that, uh, yeah, that, that that's pretty good. I, and it is true to be vaguely saccharine. That is the thing. No matter what in life, it's the point of Field of Dreams. It's the point of City Slickers in part. No, it really is true. You and the old man always have sports, right? I that's why I feel a little bit bad for Sal, that he decided he's such a contrarian in life that his first, his original sin is his worst sin. He went against his own old man. He turned his back on the tri-state and embraced the Dallas Cowboys just because he had to be a mixer. Now he's stuck with the Sixers, uh, with, the, with, with, the, uh, with the Sixers, not the Mixers. Um, that would be the name of his professional sports team. Um, with the Cowboys now, while he didn't get to celebrate with his old man and the rest of the family and everything else. See, that's a thing. But Eddie Spaghetti, you're, you, you've stayed loyal to the family brands at least, right? Yang. There, there's no. Yeah. Uh, no, I would. Ne- I would never think of uh, picking a team like not. It, it almost was a. It was like never an option. It was like you grew up. It was just like the house was full of Lawrence Taylor and Mickey Mantle things. I'm like, okay, this is what it is. Like, oh, here's a picture of you know. Oh, my dad. I was the, the John Starks dunking on the you know the Bulls game, and I'm at the Rangers '94 club. It's like there was no option to root for something else. And I know people have some good stories as to why they picked a team that's not local, but for me, it was like. You know, one years old, it was, you know, that's it. You're you're wearing these logos. Sal's hey. is owed to his old man making a mistake, if I remember correctly, right? Isn't that his old man brought him something from a road trip that had Cowboys, the star on it, and Sal embraced them as a result? So I guess his old man kind of did it to himself. Well, I mean, look, if you're if you're roughly our age, Sheck, uh <laughs> Pretty easy to fall in love with the Roger Staubach Cowboys when uh, the Joe Pasarczyk Giants are the alternative. I guess. Or the Richard Todd Jets. Yeah, that's a uh, Dick Todd. No hey, good that, No good that go in that direction either. So so I know this has been explained to me a million times that there there is that, that there is an actual sort of order like, y- you, you know, it goes Rangers. Yankees, Knicks, Giants. I, I like that. That you That's know, pretty solid. I think you know, we've, we've it, talked about this, right? Spaghetti, Jets, Jets, Mets. But a- anyway, uh, a buddy of mine from from the University of Vermont, where Jets, you know, Mets, I, Nets. I have, I have not. Like I've done a good job. My folks met at UMass. I went to the University of Vermont. I've left plenty of academic room for upward mobility for my daughters. They can blow by me easily especially my academic performance at the University of Vermont. But anyway, so Tony Riley, my buddy from uh, from UVM, he goes Rangers, Knicks, Jets, Mets. Hmm. That's his that's his weird that's what he chose as a kid and that's what he's always rooting for. He sent me a text that if those are your four New York teams, Tampa Bay has won more championships in the last 12 and a half months than those four teams in 50 years. Oh, oh, that's that's grim stuff, especially for by the way, though, as it's been pointed out by others, Tom Brady's bucks, Giannis's bucks. Now, does this mean that Key Brian's uh, Key Brian Hayes bucks fall classic? 20? No? All right. Um, let's get into our best bets here then, shall we? Let's uh, let's kick it off because we do have some Yanks and Red Sox, like I say, upcoming this weekend. And beyond, Hench, why don't you start us off? Okay. So first off, 
you know, obviously we're we're into the the dole, the summer doldrums, the slim pickings on the on the wire for for gambling addicts. You don't got Olympics fever. Uh, <laughs> the Olympics because of fevers are are going to be truncated. <laughs> that would be a good bet. Plus five fifty. Oh, yeah. Everybody goes home next week. Um, <laughs> Number of so, events actually that uh, get completed, right? You know, I know obviously we try to do our best bets for the weekend. You can watch these games, but this thing jumps out at me. Chicago White Sox plus 725 right now to win the World Series. That's going to be plus 550 by the end of the season. Mark my words. Nobody is going to add two players like Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. I First of all, it's either Luis Robert or Luis Robert. You can't you can't say it's Luis, but it's Robert. I don't know what mm-hmm. what kind of Cuban name Fair. this is, but Luis Robert. He's a six-tool player, Elo Jimenez, Silver Slugger winner. They're adding both those guys are coming back. They're already loaded. Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Luis Giolito, uh, Lucas Giolito, and, and Dylan Cease. Like that rotation is for real. Seven plus seven twenty-five. That feels like that number is only going to go down from here. Get on it now, uh, and then you can watch them this weekend and say like, "That's my team." Um, okay. Second, the Swedish women's soccer team didn't get a fluke victory versus the U.S. women. They thumped them three zip. The Swedish women are plus 550 to win the Olympic gold. The U.S. women are still minus 125. If they met in the final, it would be a coin flip. So I'm saying Swedish women's soccer team plus 550. Whoa, whoa, whoa. To win the gold. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? We come from the Northeast. The Northeast of Stockholm and the Northeast. What? But but both of those – are within the continental U.S. You're going to make a wager on Sweden against the red, white, and blues. I'm trying to make our listeners money. I mean, um, sure, but right. the, some things are more important, aren't they? No, Eddie Spaghetti, it, it, weigh in. Is this acceptable? Okay, listen. If somebody says to you, don't weigh in, Spaghetti. If somebody says to you, um, hey, we're, we're going to flip a coin, heads or tails, Heads is plus 550, tails is minus 125. What are you going to bet on? I'm just telling you it's a coin flip uh, and, and, that, and that Sweden – soccer is often a 1-0 final where the team that dominated lost. That is not what happened in that game. 50-50 possession, Sweden won 3-0. Okay, look, don't bet it. Don't bet it. I don't care. Okay, hold on. And then look. So now the Red Sox Yankees. I'm just raising the question, Hench. That's what we do these days. We just Spaghetti ask questions. Will, that's all. I'm just asking. Betty will agree with this. Like, look, you can you can dive into the individual pitching matchups in this big series in the uh, in Boston this weekend. But I what I feel like, and I don't know why, but there was something about the Yankees' entire team getting COVID that woke them up. Like Glaber is starting to hit. Stanton is starting to hit. And so and and the, the the Red Sox just hit 11 home runs in a two-game sweep of the Jays. So I'm going over, over, over in a in a sultry summer series in Boston between the Bombers and the first place Red Sox. 
uh, soon to be tied for first place, soon to be second place Red Sox. Um, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of mashing going on in Beantown. So hammer the overs all weekend. I will uh, pick it pick it up right there, Hench, because on Saturday you got Eovaldi, who's been good. You've got Tyen, who quietly is starting to pitch pretty well. Not not every every time out there, but he is turning it around a little bit. The Yankees, for what it's worth, have won four of their last five. Tyen starts. Three of the last five have been quality starts by the former Bucko. It was a matter of time, as I told you, Spaghetti. You could be cynical about him. If you come out of Pittsburgh as a starting pitcher, you will eventually be great, just not for the Pirates. You'll do it for another high-end team. I say on this one, go under because both the good pitchers are turning it around um the number figures to be pretty high so i think the uh, the value will be on going under total runs in that game pittsburgh and san francisco another dandy rivalry game um kevin gossman quietly having a good season uh, i say quietly because of what Degrom's done he is in fact though gossman if i'm not mistaken Degrom lacks the minimum number of innings out is that uh, correct and that's why he's got to by now he has to be I under the beat does though i don't know if he does i think gossman is technically your era leader either way he's uh he's pitched well throughout the season um he's four and one at home meantime the buckos are throwing will crow out there on the road his era is 6.66 it's the mark of the beast you gotta bet against it unless you're kevin hench bet against the u.s and bet on the devil i don't but but, but sweden the Swedish women's team is the devil. <laughs> Let me, let's talk. I'm talking about all opponents of the U S of a global geopolitics for five hours. And where, <laughs> when we get to Swedish women and their rank an evil on the planet, they do have good uniforms. I'll say that. I, I really like their uniforms. So, um, I do like, uh, I do like, uh, the you giants at home. Against your, the Gaussman, your, your, your giants pick like, and I've been actually sprinkling a little dough here and there, uh, and, and and not with great success because the Giants have been treading, you know, they've been holding on to that lead. We know the Giants are not going to win that division. It is not possible. They are probably going to finish third. When is this going to happen? It's got it's not against the Pirates in San well, Francisco. True, that's true, I mean, true, that's that's all I'm looking. True that, true that. But there are going to be some aberrant results. Uh, along the way, because there's no way the the uh, the fight in Mike Yastrzemski's win that brutal division. No way. I do. I, you know what? I appreciate your candor where the Red Sox and Yankees are concerned. Yankees at the time of this recording, four straight wins now. They're seven back. The Jays, they've surpassed the Jays, as you forecasted one week ago, that eventually that the Yanks could get now just two teams ahead of them. I, I mean, that wild card is going to end up happening for the Yanks, if not something better. I think things are looking south. Um, for the team of the South, the Atlanta Braves, because of Acuna's injury. Uh, Drew Smiley, decent uh, win-loss total, but the ERA is not that great. Philly smacked him around pretty good um, in the one star, in the couple of starts he's had against them. Um, Vince Velasquez for the Phillies, also not great, but his ERA around four at home. He did pitch well against the Braves in his one start against them. Over might be a good play. Phil's minus one and a half is a good play. Those are my best bets of the week. And all focused on uh, on hardball. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? 
Yeah, I'll stick with the hardball and uh, Red Sox Yankees. We have, you know, Garrett Cole pitching Friday. He's really the only one. I know Sheck Euler like to say that I, I shouldn't be able to watch the Yankees because I'm, you know, I question them. But and let's let's jump in because well, well, I got to interrupt you because well, I want to no, get no, Hinch's no. thoughts on this quickly. All right, I, I feel, and we had Nick Costos on earlier in the week, and we did some NFC and AFC East win totals for all the for all eight teams there. Go back and listen to that one. It was a lot of fun. But I also floated the moral, ethical question, and a Red Sox fan definitely can relate to this. Eddie, maybe not Eddie Spaghetti, but a lot of Yankees fans have, have declared, this season's over, it's an embarrassment, this is what, what a disgusting thing this is and everything else. All right, then, then turn the TV off and stop watching them. And if they get to the postseason, you declared the team dead. Now you shouldn't get to watch at least a wild card round. I think we need to issue some sort of um, fan-level policing here. How say you, Hench, on that? I, Shaq, I don't know what like sports fan universe you live in where it's like obviously our relationship with our teams we are trying to inure ourselves against pain i get so it. We, we go oh my god the season's over and once i can make peace with the season being over then i won't be wounded by a Raldis chapman melting down so that's a defense mechanism then chapman comes in and hits 101 and you get a save and you're like we can do this I see no hypocrisy. I, I, of course, it's it's our irrational love and hate of our teams. That's fine, spaghetti. I, I love you. You think I don't know? You think I don't know how that feels? You think I haven't been through that? Been through that ringer countless like, times myself. So do you ever not watch the Steelers? Do you ever not watch the Steelers after you write them off? I don't. Uh, I don't write them off. Unless I, when they're out of it, I will declare. I, I can express plenty of negativity about them. I just feel it crosses the line. When people decree it's over with, then why are you tormenting yourself? And by the way, it leads you into dark places like betting against your team. I wouldn't be surprised if you bet on the Yankees, Hench. I know you have. Bet against, against my teams all the time. That's, that's wrong another, to do. That's, that's not a that's, emotional cushion. Well, look, I'm that's proud not of you. See, that's your rationalization, but it's wrong. And Eddie Spaghetti, you know that's wrong. To bet against your team, would you bet on the Eagles against the Giants? Yeah, for sure. 100%. You would. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I apparently you're more. Moral like Ken said, you got to win our. We got to win our. Make our listeners and viewers get them some money. And if I don't feel confident in my team, I'd Shaq, sure. imagine Shaq, you'd have an entire college fund sitting there for your kids if you'd bet against the Steelers against the Patriots in the playoffs. Just think of all that I dough. Like, I like to have it fun, would, but I, but sometimes you go too far. Go ahead, Eddie Spaghetti. Well, to address that quickly, and and like what Hench said before about the COVID thing, like you. It, the Yankees just make no sense. Like, you figure, oh, there's going to be a COVID mishap. The team's toast. Right before the deadline, maybe they'll sell off some parts, and they go and rattle off a bunch of victories in a row. So, yeah, that this is where my brain's at. It's like the Yankees are a roller coaster. The Yankees make zero sense. So that's all I've said about the Yankees this season, which is why I'll still be able to watch if they make the postseason. But anyway, for Let I'm, me I'm try to make ahead. some sense for you. Look at the payroll. The dollars and cents will make sense for you. That's that's why it makes sense that they would be able to rally well, at the yes, halfway also, point it's, in the it's, season because the, they can exactly just buy the their way point. out of any trouble. Your no, your well, analogy is like turning off an NFL game at halftime, being like, "Oh, we're down, we're we're down a few points, like we're not coming back." That's basically what you're saying. There's a lot of season left, so I'm I'm 
keeping some faith uh, in terms of this series. I don't have the utmost faith because the Sox are a good team, but the person I have faith in is Garrett Cole, who's been on a, a nice little stretch here. So I know the Yankees today are favored. They're getting a run and a half. They're getting a run and a half for Cole for sure. Take that. Even if they're laying a, a run and a half, I would say lay it. I think Cole's going to have a really good start here. The other part of the bet that I like, part two, uh, is Glaber Torres, I believe Hench mentioned him as well. I know today he's minus 270 to get a hit, so I'm assuming he's going to be around there. And he's plus 390 to hit a home run. And um, those numbers might change a little bit depending on uh, tomorrow. But the reason why I say it is because uh, Glaber Torres versus Eduardo Rodriguez in 21 at-bats is batting 333 with not one, not two, but three home runs and nine ribbies. So he knows how to handle Eduardo Rodriguez. I really like Glaber. And my last bet, I know I got kind of made fun of last week for the Javante Williams. I'm looking ahead here in NFL. I'm going to look ahead again, but a different sport. I'm going to go NBA. And right now, the Lakers are plus 600 to win the, uh, the NBA title next season. Only team they're losing to are the Nets right now at plus 200, I believe, last I looked. The reason why I'm saying jump on the Lakers right now plus 600 is because if we know anything, number one, about the Lakers, you know, being who they are and needing to bring in star players and LeBron, who is a guy that's constantly trying to bring in his friends. If Dame Lillard goes to the Lakers and he's a guy that's rumored to go there, if not other players, that number is going to change. So if you want to hop on the Lakers to win, hop on that right now because that number will change eventually. And I think Lillard is a guy that I could definitely see wearing the, the purple and gold. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's I said that I said uh, essentially that exact thing on extra points as we were trying to do that. The Lakers are one of those teams. L.A. is a destination city. It remains that even in the the digital age. It does have appeal to players who are able to move. And yeah, LeBron, like you say, is recruiting. They're not going to stand pat. You know, they're going to get a point guard who's going to be an upgrade. And if you assume Anthony Davis is healthy next year, who's going to get in their way? Um Blazer fans are are hysterical because they obviously live and die with their 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 one man team. Um, but uh, Ian Carmel, funny stand up, great stand up, and uh, great Blazer fan, and he did this thread like, "Hey, if it's time for for Dame Lillard to move on, so be it." you know, we will never not love him. We will never not love what he did for this city, for, you know, for this team, for this community, you know, on and on and on and on. And then it was like, unless he goes to the Lakers, then he's fucking dead to us. And and it's like, that's, that is kind of how I feel too. Like, I mean, he's been a good soldier, but if you just fucking cop out and, and join up with AD and LeBron, ugh. Two related, two related things uh, off of that for you. Um, first of all, what do you make of the guy who departed Foxborough and moved down to the Tampa-St. Pete area? Has a new swagger since he got down there. I don't know what it is, if it's the the fun and sun and the tequila um, running through him, but he, he's really like, I was sorry. Did you hear his interview um, earlier this week saying that uh, I was surprised that more teams didn't go after me? Like it was, it was the equivalent of, of teams turning down Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan. I guess there aren't that many smart people. That's pretty ballsy uh, bit of arrogance from from old humble TB, right? Well, obviously, I, I enjoyed uh, um, uh, TB's Friars roast of Donald Trump with with Joe Biden. That was fantastic uh, as they went to the White House, as teams do now, just because it's it's not a toxic cesspool anymore. Um, but this is what I'll say about Tom Brady. I was thinking about this today. There are guys 
like Johnny Damon. Like you, you, you root for him and he, and he comes through and you like him and he's a, he's, a, he's a champion on the Boston Red Sox. Fantastic. And then he goes to the Yankees. You're like, all right, guy's dead to me. I give fucking flying fuck if this guy, if anything good ever happens to this guy's life again. With Brady, I just love him so much that I, I'm like, it's so, it's so legitimate. It's so deep and real and true that I can't not root for the guy. Like, I find myself, I know you give me a lot of shit about Ray Bork and the parade and, you know, uh, it, it, well, it's a little, it's a little like Ray Bork, only like I find myself counting the seventh. I like I have to go like that wasn't with the – like I, I find myself counting the seventh as part of our trophy case. Like, it, you know, that's how entwined I am with Brady. Uh, so um, the, the guy, drunk on tequila or not, he walks on water. Um, I, I love him. Obviously, his immigrant wife has helped him see the light about his red baseball cap and his locker. Uh, he's, come, he's come around and, uh, and, and he's the greatest living American. I, listen, I, he's, I'm a Steelers fan, as you mentioned. Um, I, I, I try to bury that. I don't like to wear my fandom on my sleeve generally, but now that it's out there, I'll address it. Fine. I, I root for the Steelers, and Tom Brady caused me a lot of pain over the last couple of decades. I like him very much, too. He's the delightful. People are now searching for, this is the big question of the week. Giannis is so likable, our most beloved superstar in sport, right? We all agree. Like, who's that in the NFL? Like, Tom Brady, for vanquishing so many and being a buzzsaw um, for for two decades and the cheating questions and everything else, I find him imminently likable. I don't I, Who is it that's still down on Tom Brady at this point? I mean, for real, the, the drunken stuff counts. He's married to a model. A lot of guys life, love to live vicariously, or I'm not sure what that's owed to. Like, he's a cool guy, got a hot wife, but I don't know what that does for you. But anyway, somehow that makes him appealing to other guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like him a great deal, but I like swaggy uh, I like swaggy Brady here. I also... It is unbelievable. Like, he's... I don't mind him, guy, right. This guy, I mean, this he's he should be running the U.N., now he brought for, you and me together. This is great. Hey, spaghetti. As for, your, as, for, as for Brady's former and your still head coach, big year coming up for him in 2021. We talked about Side. that with Costos. I'm not going to make you answer yet because injuries are going to be a factor. They always are in the month of August, so they will now. So I'm not going to hold you to a season total. I mean, we've already done it. We'll, we'll wait till we get a little bit closer, maybe okay. as soon as next week or two weeks. But – I do. I continue to consider them the Patriots, the X factor of the AFC. I don't know what they're going to be. Are they going to be irrelevant? They got to be, because if they if they can knock off the Bills once and the Dolphins once, then when you, when that at least X, impacts seeding, if nothing else in the conference. Probably when you say X factor, you mean that little tiny X they put next to the team name when they clinch a playoff spot. Ah, oh, yeah, I they know where that was X going. Factor. Uh, dun, dun, dun. I don't know if that's Olympic music, but that will have to do. The Olympics are here. If you haven't heard, FanDuel Sportsbook is ready to hook up new users with their Olympic bets. Just place your first bet of at least $10 on any Olympic sport and get a $100 bonus for it. Bet at least $20 and you'll get a $200 bonus. That's a bonus up to $200 regardless of the outcome of the bet to get you started. 
My Olympic picks, I'm going to defer to Spaghetti. I am taking the U.S. over France in basketball. I, you know, I have expressed my feelings about sending our best players. We should have stopped doing that after we sent the message through the dream team, but here we are. And I do trust Popovich and the talent that the U.S. will throw out there. I do think they go all the way, but Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Do they win gold? Yeah, I, I agree with you. They're going to win gold. I agree that I'm, I'm going to be the anti-hench here. I want to pick the Team USA to beat France. And as you know, Zach Levine clearing protocols now, he's going to be good to go for the game, which is good news for them. I know they lost those exhibition games, but I am telling you, they're going to come out. They're going to blow the doors off of France. Uh, right now, the it's 11.5. USA is laying 11.5. It's a minus 120 on that. I, I would say take that. I think they could win by 20-ish in this game. I think they're going to really, really impress us and make us stop worrying about Team and USA. And Simone Biles, my might be a good play. She's certainly a, an Olympic hero. Um, sprinkle a little something on her in the name of the U.S. of A. Um, remember, you'll get a bonus on any Olympic bet, whether it's baseball or soccer, track and field. When you place your first bet at $10 or more between July 19th and July 27th, you're smack dab in the middle of that right now. I love the promotions, just like the ones I just described to you. Here on America's number one sports book, easy to use, fast payouts, all that stuff. The important thing is when you're betting on the USA or if you're putting something on Sweden, so what? It's a free country. You can bet on other countries. I wonder if you're allowed to bet. I suppose you're allowed to bet on other countries and other countries. But in the U.S. of A., you're free to do that. See? Thanks to FanDuel. So do it that way. Uh, make sure you do it. FanDuel.com slash minus three. The word minus. The number three. Wave old glory. Hey, I want to talk. This is pretty random. But I was fucking screaming at the TV watching Joe Girardi manage the Phillies against the Yankees. And, like, I don't – you know, sometimes you just have a, a – an instinctive contempt for a human being. Uh, and obviously, Girardi being a Yankee, I'm sure that's what started it. But watching him on uh, uh, at the MLB network and watching him preen around with the Matt Scherzer thing, and it's like, I don't like that guy. That guy's a fraud. That guy sucks. And by the way, does not know how to manage a Major League Baseball team. He's runner on second, top of the 10th. He fucking bunts. He's on the road. Have you not have you not heard the analytics, Joe? Joe bunts the runner over to third, gives up an out. Gotta love that National League baseball. Gives up an out to bring up his number nine hitter, who of course whiffs, and they go on to, to lose to the Yankees. But Spaghetti, why do I hate Joe Girardi? Talk to me about Joe Girardi. What is it about him? It's so hateable. Well, on his way out, he was he was the anti-analytics guy. He was the player who didn't want to buy into it, which is why, you know, people say about Aaron Boone was, hey, we're going to hire this former player, but he also was a face at ESPN, so he's well-liked and he can speak, this and that and the other thing. But what we're going to have is a secret group of people, like analytics people from, you know, Yale and all the other schools who are really pulling the strings for the Yankees. So that's why... Girardi was kind of uh, was forced out as, as Yankees manager. Personally, like I enjoyed him. I thought he had he was pretty fair to the media, and I thought he was a a guy that you know was you know he was the manager of some good teams. I, I think right now, like they're going to be Yankees fans. I mean, Yankees fans want Boone gone, and people are like oh, I wish we kept Girardi. Like everyone got kind of upset when he left. So I don't know. Yankees fans, I feel like it was kind of underwhelming. His his you know 
tenure as manager because they didn't they didn't win. But now with like Boone in place, who was supposed to he'll solve all the issues, and a team that goes and wins like a hundred plus games two years back, and they don't get it done. Now it's uh, it's looking pretty bad as well. I mean, it's hard to ask a Yankees fan because if you don't win a World Series, then it's you're pretty pretty much considered a failure. But he he was a guy that I had I had no you know no issue with. But if you if you're a dinosaur. I don't even know what it means to not embrace analytics now. Like what I like, it just means you don't understand how the game is played and won. Like there is no gut feel. There is no, like what, you know, it's like that you have now bunted, you have now diminished your chances of winning this game. It's a long season. If you make the wrong decision over and over and over again, it's going to hurt your chances of making the playoffs. That's just a fact. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I like the way he was throwing the ball. I like the way he looked out there. I don't. Well, like, you really sounded like Joe Girardi there. That was a that was not a half bad uh, impression you just threw out there for real. I I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's disgusting in in the 21st century when guys are like, well, obviously you should have gone for two on that play, coach. Like, yeah, using my gut always serves me well. Does it? <laughs> Does it serve you well? I will add too is like him being a, a former catcher. Uh, his issues definitely lied in with the bullpen and how his use of the bullpen because he was a guy who's like I I understand pitchers. I know how to deal with pitchers. And the Yankees now are like, okay, Aaron Boone, you played what infield? All right, we're gonna have somebody else control the pitching staff and you know what to bring in what arm and stuff. So he ran into some issues there. He was like he was pretty raw as a manager. I know he did you know have other stops, but it seemed like he wasn't fully figured out. He was a guy that got hired based on just like oh he played and players used to know him and he's likable and bring him in, but. He he definitely has flaws, and you can obviously, hence, you see them now, too. You know where well, uh, we, we, you're a Phillies fan. Hold on. If you're a Phillies fan, Joe Girardi's your manager. He blows. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in analytics, so that sucks. But what's much worse than that, that I couldn't even believe when I heard this, watching the Phillies squander their comeback against the Yankees the other night. Bryce Harper's up there, and they say, you know, and and by the way, I have no no sense that this guy could get a clutch hit. I'm not like, oh, Jesus, this is a big spot. Bryce Harper, watch out, Yankees. Look look out. Here's Bryce Harper. The announcer says he's in the third year of his 13-year deal. It's like, oh, my God. You are so hamstrung. Wow, wow. You The Phillies will not contend for the next 10 years. Like, you just cannot hemorrhage that and he's not I mean he's not a bad player but is he going to get better no this is who he is this high on base percentage uh you know he he his his home run to RBI ratio is insane 14 of his first 15 home runs were solo home runs but like it's like so you're just you're hamstrung by that contract your manager doesn't believe in analytics uh oh well well, you say that, except for the fact that the Phillies may very well win the 2021 NL East, um, which, as I said earlier, uh, is doing a good impression of the 2020 NFC East. Um, speaking of which. The Mets are good. The Mets are good. I'll say it here. The Mets the, are good. Yeah, but if DeGrom, if DeGrom is a question mark health-wise here and there the rest of the way, then that's what gives room for the Phillies to creep back in, especially if you assume the Braves are going to fade a little bit without their best position player. Um, uh, the Mets the, the, the Mets do seem, but, but it does, like I say, hang on their ace, who's tracking towards an MVP, or at least was, 
um, three weeks or so ago. By the way, we talked about Billy Martin the other day, and you start mentioning who should get fired from the Yankees, and it makes me think of Bob Lemon, which always confused a very young Dave watching World Series when Bob Lemon was sitting in the dugout. It's sort of like Dave Campo coaching the Dallas Cowboys. There are certain brands, like we've said, or uh, Bob Davey coaching Notre Dame. It's like, I thought this was a prestigious uh, brand in sport. Bob Lemon's bringing it on home here for these Yankees. They're the best team, I thought. Um, it is one of those things. I do like that. What would happen if that happened when Twitter was around? For real, imagine if a baseball team, let alone the most prominent brand in the sport, just like they fired and brought back the same coach, or of any sport. Like, what if Bob Kraft fired Bill Belichick five or six times and Be and Belichick were still coaching the team now? It's like, yeah, we have our differences here. We have our fights, but we always resolve them and bring them See, back. See, that's where, I mean, look, I, that's where the fan in me misses the boss because it was so irrational. Now it's very corporatist, right? And And like all the owners know, look, Aaron Brune brings in Chad Green here and he brings in Araldis Chapman here and they, they either win the game or they don't. But this this emotional reaction to Araldis Chapman giving up two home runs like what that we, we should pay another manager salary. We should hemorrhage more millions to pay off this guy and then bring in another guy who's also going to bring Chad Green and Araldis Chapman in in the state. Like what's so they figured it out, which is good business. But sad for the fans. That, that was so awesome when you could just know, oh, when I get the paper tomorrow, that Yankee manager is definitely going to be fired. Spaghetti, you that that definitely you have no you you couldn't have been around for any of that stuff. But it really it got to a point of it, be, it, it got to be self parody, and they were in on it. They would do fake press conferences where Billy Martin and Steinbrenner would argue with each other, <laughs> and then they'd laugh. It's like. Yeah, but you guys actually don't like each other because you can't because the one guy keeps firing the other guy. And where's the dignity of just always going back? And it's fascinating. Also, in light of Jerry Jones conceding this week that um, one, he would do anything. His words, he would do anything to get to a Super Bowl. Want to get your both your thoughts on that, on, on what that means. One and two, him admitting that letting Jimmy Johnson out the door was a gigantic mistake. And it does in all the what ifs of the Super Bowl era. And I love what ifing pro football and how things could have played out differently. If the two things I always say, one Scott Norwood makes that kick in the first Super Bowl, they win that because it matters who you beat. If you beat the Buffalo Bills who have at least one Lombardi by the time the Cowboys catch him in the third straight Bill Super Bowl, the luster of beating that Bills team would be much greater than it was. By the time they play that third Super Bowl and the Cowboys house, and was like, poor Bills, what a punchline tragedy they are. So one there. But the other thing is, if Jimmy Johnson doesn't leave, they certainly win three straight Super Bowls. And maybe they win four straight. Ask Troy Aikman, ask Emmett Smith, ask Michael Irvin. I've asked two of those guys about that. And what they always do is I say, do you are you happy with three? Are you bummed that there weren't more? They're like, man, we should have won five straight. It really makes me sick that we didn't win five straight. Now, other things may be getting in the way. But I really do think we would regard, you know, the Patriots, Brady, they could have done six in 20 years and all that. 
if there were a team that won four straight Super Bowls, that would achieve a yardstick that I don't even think you would hold these cow- these uh, Patriots up to. I think you would say, well, that's the best football team of all time. Any team wins four straight Super Bowls under any condition. True? For sure. But what I would say, you know, and I don't – and the, what's so remarkable about the Brady dynasties is there are two distinct dynasties within sure. the Brady umbrella. There's two entirely different teams, which is what makes Brady's accomplishment singular. I wouldn't put either of the Patriot dynasties three and three uh, above the Steelers of the seventies or Four those Cowboys, right? Or uh, or those Cowboys you just mentioned. Like they, you know. What what's crazy is to play long enough at a high enough level that you quarterback two entirely distinct dynasties. I, it's just, it's it's incomprehensible. Hey, real quick, because I know Spaghetti likes to learn on this podcast is his favorite thing. All the things they didn't teach him at BU. Spaghetti Steinbrenner fired Yogi Berra when Yogi was six and ten. <laughs> six and ten. I didn't know that quick. That's like the uh... you've. you've you know, guys, guys have not come off the DL. Like the season has barely started. Yeah. Six and ten, he fucking fires Yogi and brings back Billy. Like, Wait a second. Did the bat didn't they the, the Lakers fired Mike Brown after two games? Is that right? He he was out into and they're like, Well, we've seen enough. Is that the record? He was quick. I'm pretty sure that happened in hockey with Barry Melrose, right? The Lightning, he was like 0 and 8 or 0 and 9. That sounds right recent. too. Yeah. The thing with the NBA. The NBA is always player driven, right? The the star goes upstairs and says, I fucking hate this guy. So you could say that during training camp, right? But with the boss, it was always Steinbrenner. It was like Steinbrenner having a fit in the owner's box and Yankee legend, 10-time World Series winner Yogi Berra is fired in the middle of April. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was your old man must uh, spin yarns for you, Spaghetti, about the uh, about the Billy Martin Steinbrenner days of the Yanks. You know, and glorious it, days too. When they brought Billy back in '85, I think it was Ricky Henderson said, "Why don't they just keep him here?" It's like when Ricky has better insight into running your business. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you just keep him here? Hench, Jerry Jones says he'll do anything as I mentioned, to get to a Super Bowl. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I wonder, you're a committed fan. First of all, you can only have one. You're going to get one title the rest of your days. What would you, which team would you choose to see do it? Oh, this is going to be controversial. Um, But because I got, I've obviously had so much Patriots, right? So much Patriots. Um, My formative years, Larry Bird, those three championships, like that really fulfilled me. The the KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen one, coming back from 24 points down in the forum. Um, uh, that was incredible. Um, the, the Red Sox winning four in my prime sports viewing. So I would say the Bruins – that I would I would want the Bruins to win another cup. Wow, I'm very surprised by that. That is the that is the least I've had. You know, obviously I've no uh, I've only read about 1970 and 72, and you know, seen the Bobby Orr highlights. And 2011 was incredible. And and if I could have one of those four experiences again, I would have the one I've had the least of, which is the the bees raising the cup. 
And would you be willing, let's say, I don't know, Spaghetti, throw out some some standards here that he has to meet. Would you be willing to go through the rest of your life with a shaved head to get that Stanley Cup? I, I would be willing to suffer virtually no personal sacrifice whatsoever. Okay, it's just a matter of I mean, it's not, you know, my life is great. I'm happy. I, you know, I've, all my teams have won it. I'm not looking. I mean, I guess I'd pay five grand. That's nothing <laughs> to you know. though. That's pocket change to, to people like me and spaghetti. I Eddie spaghetti. Yeah. Would you shave your head and keep it that way for the rest of your life? If it meant a Rangers and a Knickerbockers title over the course no. of your lifetime. No. And giants and Yankees. No, I don't care. Those teams will all win that. a title in a three-year period. You just have the, the price is no hair matter. for you for yeah, the rest of your life. You're that vain. You're that vain, spaghetti. I thought you cared about. Your no, I just I don't wake up like screaming, crying over the lack of a championship. I just uh, if but it happens, great. That's the whole point of sports. Is like shit, the, 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 the problem with your premise is like, you know, you have to watch it happen organically, and it has to be real. Once you've shaved your head and you know it's going to happen because of your sacrifice then it doesn't feel the same. You know, everyone else is getting so excited and you're sitting there with your bald head going, well, I knew it was going to happen. I shaved my head. You're right. And I just explained that same dynamic to um, to Sal the other day too, that I feel like, yeah, it's, it's tough with this like banning stuff that you know is going to happen. I declare the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs and then they get there and then you're going to watch it. It, it. it puts me into a tough spot um, ethically and self-morals because, as I always say, like, I don't anticipate there's going to be an afterlife for me or anyone else. I think someone's going to flip the – or I think the the light switch is going to get flipped off and darkness will ensue for the rest of time. Um, but – You know what you got to do? If I'm you wrong, the celebration yeah, is going to yeah. be way better than the people who expected it. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's why I went to church every week. And look, I got into heaven. See, it all worked out. See? It's going to be like – Okay, a nice, you know, it's sort of like winning the pennant. Like, hey, we're not going to pop champagne. We have a larger prize. Like, it's going to be a subdued celebration for the pious, whereas Damashek's going to run around nude for eternity. Like, I was wrong about heaven, and now I'm in it. Let's party, right? Sheck, here's how we're going to do. This is how we're going to create life after death for you. Okay, you're going to record a bunch of podcasts that okay. you won't release. Okay, that will be released posthumously. And maybe we'll create a hologram. And so people people can get their check for decades. Your podcasts will live in perpetuity uh, on, on, uh, on the server. I appreciate the sentiment, but of course, you've known me long enough to know. Like, if you know me for about like 14, 15 months, like – I've emptied I've emptied the tank at that point. Like you the you already know at this point we're riding on fumes. I mean, how many times do I have to say the same three to five half jokes out there? Like we, we it's, you know, hey. I think I'll, I if there is somebody at the light switch, they're like, all right, Damashek, we we get First it. And all, we got it a long time ago. Good night. Click as always, you you give yourself too little credit. But spaghetti will appreciate this. Uh this is such a beautiful sports nerd, full circle friendship story. Um, the When Sheck and I met, the first day we laid eyes on each other, start this bromance, we were, I don't even know what the mechanics were, but we were being considered to write on a sports trivia game show. 
And like part of the interview, or I don't know what, why we were contestants against each other in this, in this interview. So Sheck and I are like at a makeshift podium, uh, going to have sports questions fired at us. And the category is the 500 home run club. And then what Sheck and I have to do is name one member of the 500 home run club going back and forth until somebody blanks. And then, um, the, the person who didn't blank, the last person to name one correctly wins. So I know them all. And I'm, I'm like, just licking my chops. Sheck does very well. You know, he maybe forgets Jimmy Fox or Mel Ott. I don't know who he doesn't have, but so Sheck, Sheck loses. And then he kind of looks at me and I want to make him feel better. I said, don't worry about it. I knew them all. You were, there's no way you're going to win. <laughs> what a, what a don't, beat yourself, don't beat yourself up. Was it Dan, Dave, whatever. Don't beat yourself up. Jim. I couldn't, I, I couldn't lose. I couldn't lose. I literally had them chambered as soon as he said the category in order. Um, so that was how we met. Okay. Fast forward last, the last Super Bowl pre-pandemic. So this is really the last large gathering of friends, um, Chiefs Niners, Sheck and I hanging out with the guys, watching football. We're, we're talk. I don't know how it came up. We're talking probably, probably we're going to, who's going to win MVP of this game. You know, if the Niners win is who's the MVP, whatever. And somehow I, I brought, maybe somebody, maybe a defensive player was, was in the conversation, but I, I brought up the topic of defensive players to win Super Bowl MVP. Sheck goes, I can name them all. And then he did. He named them all off the top of his head. And it was such a beautiful bookend to this sports bromance that it started with Hench knowing every member of the 500 Home Run Club, which is really, I think, less impressive than off the top of your head, every defensive MVP of the Super Bowl. Like, that's a tough list. I mean, well, I'll tell you this to pat myself on the back. It was organic in the sense that it wasn't something that I just uh, like Rain Man just tick off. Like, well, I memorized them when I was nine. And so then I just uh, tap into that list. Um, if I go, if I organically go Super Bowl one, what was Bart Starr 3510? If I start counting through them, I will arrive at the answer along the way. The, that's one of the better ones. I bet most people don't know this one. Eddie Spaghetti, Super Bowl twelve, provided us with our only dual Super Bowl MVPs. They were defensive players for the Dallas Cowboys. Can you name them? Um, one's in the Hall of Fame. Great. Uh, I have no Super Bowl twelve. I mean, what year is that? In the seventies? I have no idea. Yeah, it's nineteen seventy-seven. Seventy January of seventy-eight. Broncos shouldn't have gotten there, of course. Um, they they got a, a dodgy call that would have been flipped in the um, instant replay age, and the Raiders would have played the Cowboys. Isn't it weird, the Raiders and Cowboys, that Snake Stabler and Roger Staubach never went head-to-head in a, in a meaningful game? It seems weird. Um, anyhow, it was Randy White and, and Harvey Martin um, is the uh, answer there. Quickly, Hench, I want to get uh, your thoughts on this. We'll dig in on this because I really am fascinated by – uh, the potential shakeup of college football and college basketball. If Texas 
and Oklahoma move to the SEC. I mean, you have the all-time power conference, but then what becomes of the Pac-12 and who do they absorb and what then does the Big 12 do? I mean, you would have so so many of the powerhouse teams all in one conference. We'll get into that next week and see what shakes out there because there's some question about it, it sure sounds like Oklahoma and Texas aren't denying that they that they are inquiring about that. But we'll see what shakes out and get into that next week because I want to get your thoughts, Hench. Let's tap into the offensive meter this week, uh, see how offended we should be by something. First of all, how offended should we be? Because some people out there are expressing offense at the NFL saying, you don't have you. You ain't uh, you. You can't field a team. You forfeit the game. You ain't vaccinated. You can't play. Offend uh, offensive meter to Kevin Hedge. Zero. Zero. Zero point zero. Yeah. So Cole Beasley yeah. is a for instance. You don't care if if, if he takes a stand and I, it I forces mean, like, him out. Andrew Hopkins too. By the way, he, during the show, he's been tweeted pretty pretty adamantly against it, and I believe Matthew Judon as well. So not wow. even just Cole, Cole Beasley. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Put up a put up a fight. The, the NFL. What, how many times do you see them retract uh, a statement like this? I, I don't think they're going to. If you're really going to walk away from a season of football over not getting vaccinated. How about well, that? I mean, it's, you know, look, I mean, obviously it's like fucking end times now. I don't know. You know, the the various global pandemics that humanity has survived and like people, people during the bubonic plague, hey, we could just give you a little shot and then you'd be fine. No, thanks. I'll take my chances with the Black Death. Um, so Ryan Clark made a good point on on SportsCenter, you know, about shared sacrifice and what it means to be on a team what it means to be a teammate, you know? And uh, I think getting vaccinated is a pretty small price to pay. And by the way, uh, the FDA could feel free to just hurry up and just say, okay, it's been tested on a billion people. That's that's a bigger sample than any trial of all time. Uh, let's go, it's official. It's not an emer- it's not emergency use. Um, so yeah, everybody get vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to the concert. You can't go. You can't play football like we're going to crush this thing. The amazing thing about the vaccine is it crushes it. It crushes it almost instantaneously. It's a miracle. Science is a miracle. And and Cole Beasley's got it got it figured out in his basement. Jesus Christ. Yes, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. There is a First Amendment, as I always say. I love the First Amendment because it allows people to share their foolish opinions. That Have at it. People are allowed to react to foolish opinions or to good opinions. Um, it really would be, I, I wonder what the pushback will be because, you know, I've talked to people at the NFL and about like how they kind of operate with like, what do you do when Colin Kaepernick's taking a knee? How big of a concern is this? Like, They'll, they'll tell you the reality is that it's like 10% on, on the margins are the ones who really are passionate enough on either side of these big issues enough to, to like, I'm not going to watch now. I'm not going to, I can't tune in because of what you're doing. Not that this is political or otherwise, but something that, you know, veers into social issues and stuff. So I do wonder if... Like, I, I, does Cole Beasley anticipate people rallying to make it so that he can play? I don't think Cole Beasley well, reaches the level. Like, I do kind of see, like, Arizona fans being like, 
Nuke Hopkins. There will be some push. I wonder where the heat goes, though. Is it on Nuke Hopkins? Like, get vaccinated because you're going to blow a chance we have at the playoffs, or is it going to be a pushback at the NFL? I guess the answer is both, right? I mean, it depends what's, which of those fringes you're on. Uh, just reminding listeners, this is a sports show. You can go to fanhood.com slash minus three to play. Cole Beasley there. started it. <laughs> Cole Beasley started it. Well, you could bet on the Dolphins to win the AFC East. I think that's a a, a great value bet right now. Well, we have to. We all, I'll tell you what I'm offended by. This is a conversation for another day. It's too too far gone now. They've shown up with the sweaters. They've had their expansion draft. The name Kraken for a team. Kraken. There's only one Kraken. It's a, you you could name your team the Gorillas, but you can't name your team the King Kongs because there's only one King Kong. You could name you 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 can't name a team after one thing. Now we already doesn't end in S, so it's already a, a, a grammatical conundrum. But there's only one especially, Kraken, and now there are twenty guys on the Krakens. Especially I went, when, you're playing, when you're playing a sport where the worst thing that could happen would be a crack in the ice. Hmm. That. You can't you can't name your your team after everyone's biggest fear. Yeah, yeah, touche, touche. I do like the sweaters though. All right, good times as always, Hench. Uh, what a pleasure to see you, Eddie Spaghetti. You're a joy as ever. Uh, make sure you bet with us or fade us, however you please. Uh, you do it at fanduel.com slash minus three. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the Olympics. Football is nigh. Vince Williams is gone from the Steelers. Roethlisberger showed up to camp. Everybody's looking at pictures of that. We have so much to kibitz about. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, still don't know where or if they're even going to play. Training camp has started. I don't know. The world's upside down. Uh, we'll have more for you on all of it, though, on the other side of the weekend to break it down for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>